Hello and welcome to the official podcast of Palate Exposure, featuring Alona Thompson, a podcast for those seeking the ultimate in wine, food, and travel. Each week, she interviews winemakers, chefs, celebrities, and a variety of guests that shape the way we enjoy life. Wow. So can you give us a real-life example of, let's just say, a customer that was particularly difficult for whatever reason, and you kind of rearranged things entirely? And you took that situation, you make it something else. Yeah, I think uh, I think the first step is uh, first ask the question like, oh, I apologize, I, I, I misunderstood what you're expecting. How how can I turn this around for you? Basically, you make yourself vulnerable, mm. right? Yeah. Vulnerable is true confidence. Being vulnerable is true confidence to me. You know what I mean? Um, confidence isn't ego. Confidence isn't being assertive. Uh, true confidence is allowing someone else to speak so you can better understand them, and you can better share with them what it is you want to share. Right. So the first thing I would do is probably just ask a guest a question and I don't call them customers, they're guests because we're trying to make them feel comfortable. Um, so, I mean, definitely I ask people questions, you know, I slowly start to fill it out. Just like, let me, let me get back in the good graces. You know, I go over, you know, it's like, Hey man, I know you guys are waiting an extra five minutes for that. I got these, I got these soupies for you because I know you're hungry. You've been waiting in line. So I just wanted you to have this, you know what I mean? And then I'd be like, might ask them where they're from. They say, whatever. I coordinate that to maybe a spirit or something. I'm like, oh, really? Oh, that area, they created this really cool gin. Have you ever seen this? And then I just share with them the very fortunate bounty I'm afforded to have at Cape Figo with all my spirits and all my ingredients. And um, and then I just start sharing an experience with them. You know what I mean? Put your gun down. Let's eat fruit. That's absolutely fantastic. I mean, it sounds very disarming and engaging and really textbooks that everybody should take a page out of quite frankly. I, I think all of us have been in a bar or two when we really don't feel acknowledged. And you're describing- That's the worst feeling, dude. Yeah. You know, once you're present, but the other party isn't, no matter how skilled they are technically, it's gonna ruin the experience. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I mean, I, listen, above and beyond all the cocktail stuff, the number one job is to make somebody feel comfortable in your space. Yeah. Cocktails, cocktails are the fun part. The job is to make sure everybody's fucking feeling good and being in the space where they feel comfortable and warm and, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, and, you know, inspire gregariousness. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think it's, again, as human beings, we naturally gravitate towards what you just described. I think we're all subconsciously seeking that sense of belonging, that sense of place in a way to relate. Uh, we may not show up, you know, on the surface as such. We may be standing in our way, but that's what we fundamentally want. Unless you're a sociopath, that's what you want. (laughs) (laughs) I think I probably served a few sociopaths. Um, Yeah, yeah, that's a fact. But also, you know, um, body language is really big, you know? Mm. I can read people's body language really quickly, or rather I try to interpret it. Um, And uh, those, that will tell you a lot, how shoulders stand, how people sit in their chair, you know what I mean? There, there's so many, there's so many cues. As a, as a bartender, if you choose to be aware as a bartender, you basically morph into a sociologist of some kind. I was going to say, you're describing, if I were to take the bartending language and the cocktails out of our conversation, you could easily replace it with a psychologist or a psychiatrist. They're totally interchangeable. I mean, you know, um, you know, uh, I don't like to talk about stuff that I've been awarded, but one of the things that I were recognized for it was called the uh, best bartender to confess your sins to because 
I get people real comfortable and they're just like, you know what? Here's the reason I lost my investment. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. here's your business card back because I need to know. You tell me the story or you tell me your professional identity, but there's a bartender's code that we can't cross. You know what I mean? So people people start start telling you a lot of stuff and it's, it's fun times. But I, and then and then again, it goes back to you know the way you're able to ask questions because you're inviting people to share. I mean, you know that you're doing that all the time. Yeah, and you're right. There there are a lot of you know body language tells. So much communication is nonverbal. Yeah, I know my 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 right hand man Uzil Polito again. He's he he's he's a card player. He likes to play poker. He's like, dude, just come play poker. Like the way you read people, da 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 da. I'm like, yeah, but I don't I don't I can't math. <laughs> like. <laughs> I'm like, wait, did I just bet a hundred bucks? I didn't know that. I, don't, I can't count. <laughs> yeah. Well, obviously you can apply this into many realms in life, but most importantly, you know, that human relational aspect that you've been honing in on your entire life. Um, that I think is truly the highlight and that's what makes everything else matter. Um, you know, I wish there was more bartenders like you, quite frankly, because I want to clone you in perpetuity. This is just the perfect mindset for great guest experience. Well, you know, I had to uh, had to run into a lot of brick walls and I had to make a lot of mistakes for a long time, and I still do. So, I mean, you know, I helped design the bar at Kifigo, and then I walk in and I bang my knee on something. Like, who the hell put that there? Oh, shit, that was me. You know what I mean? Like, um, I mean, I don't know, man. Mistakes are your teachers if you're open to, if you can crush, you know, make sure your ego shuts up and allow the mistake to reveal to you the inherent truth it wants to share. Very well put. Fantastic. Talking shop a little bit, I have to go there because. All right, let's do cocktails. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Sorry. I know. I mean, that's oh, the whole thing. Like, to me, my experience in attending bar is such not, cocktails are just a byproduct, I feel. I don't know. Am I going to get in trouble? Absolutely. Sorry, no, Chef. I mean, oh. I hear you, and I just want, for the sake of honoring your profession, to at least touch upon a few bits and pieces. What? Yeah, are, let's do cocktails. I can do it. Let's do it. I would love yes. to. No, I was just curious. Like, what are the most versatile spirits that you work with? Like, go to. Uh, that's good. Um, well, gin is very versatile. Um, vodka, obviously, vodka is like you know the clean palate. Um, yeah. It's just like a clear plate on your table, if you will. Um, uh, I, I'm particularly versatile with whiskey. Um, yeah. You know, if you control the ratio portion of mezcal, um, mezcal can be versatile. Tequila, uh, tequila reposado, uh, in particular reposado, um, is uh, versatile for me. Pisco is versatile for me. I don't know. I don't. Sounds like I haven't felt. You know what is the least versatile is Chambord. Huh, interesting. I got because I can use other stuff, but like Shambord to me is like, nope, I'm here, and I'm like, oh, okay, dude. <laughs> At least you found something that's difficult to work with because it sounds like you're so well versed. Um, you know, it's difficult for me to work with ingredient wise is avocados and bananas. I, I have oh, and apples. I have trouble with those. Hmm, interesting. Apples yeah. seem so simple, but it's it's a bore. Probably for somebody out there, they can fucking crush it. Oh, sorry, but um, it's okay. I I just I. Apples challenge me because I don't understand malic acid. I don't understand the texture of malic acid. So trying to understand that and how it um, creates a relationship with uh, something softer, I, I don't have a lot of finesse in that area. Avocados, I can't, I don't know how to use its texture. 
or extract the texture I like from it. Uh, same for bananas, but I love the flavor. So by now you had to have worked with so many different ingredients and the fact that yeah. you identified those three as the most challenging is fascinating. Yeah, the simple things, man. People, people overestimate their ability to take something simple and make it delicious. And uh, except, you know, Murad, Murad can do that very well. Murad's a very talented chef, obviously, but, um, you know, when it comes to being exposed to ingredients, that literally was like, pulling the curtain back from the Wizard of Oz and it was just like, oh shit, this is how it operates. God damn, and there's so much stuff, you know what I mean? And you know, obviously his his story is legendary and it's just like, when I, when I saw that pantry, I was like, I didn't even, I smelt a collection of smells most likely, but I saw the most vibrant colors and I was just like, it's on. Yeah, no, I mean, I can relate a little bit when I was, for the first time at a market, you know, of that type and quality. I think it was Toulouse, France. Okay. Spice, rose laid out, just. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Forever. Yeah, that was, that was a huge impact. I still see it in my mind's eye, like it happened. And, 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 then, and then put that in a concentrated space and have that being revealed to you just like, bam. It was like, oh, you know? By something. That was a good team too. There was Farnoosh, there was Melissa Cho, who is, uh, Amazing pastry chef, Mura was there, and then uh, Louis Maldonado was uh, the CDC, right after James Scheibler, I think. Yeah, so that was a strong house. Yeah, no, it sounds like a group of very famous. Yeah, we, 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 I, I had that moment there, too, when me and Farnoosh and, and Mura, like, like, I had that moment, like, wow, this is, there's, this is a big house. This is a strong house. Yeah, wow, what, what an impressive background you have with these people i'm sure they'll say the same exact thing about you that you're you know <laughs> maybe i don't know about that you do. it's evident um but like i said and you've pointed out it's a high pressure job i mean you're only as good as your last performance yeah well said i was uh you know i sent you that little small list of stuff that i've done and i was looking at just locations and i realized that every place i've been i've been at, i've been there at least uh five years yeah so I don't have a long list of crazy, crazy places. It's just when I'm in a place, I commit. You do, and they're really so well known for quality and integrity and consistency, all the values, all the tenets that we look for in our elevated dining experience. I don't mean necessarily fine dining, but elevated can come in many forms, although restaurants that you um, worked at are certainly known nationwide and perhaps even worldwide as institutions that really honed in on those values. Um, from the consumer perspective, when somebody- oh, Wait, wait, is that, is, that all, is that all for cocktails? I'm, I can do more if you want. Oh Let's yeah, go. absolutely. No, I, I, I want more. Tell me. I don't, I don't want to take you out of context. I just, I just want to, you know, like, you know, I, I appreciate so much your questions and the way we're able to really extrapolate on the fabric of how all this works. Because the only other person that does that is my right hand man, Uzi. And, um, you know, and maybe my lady after that, it's like, they're like, dude, shut up. <laughs> I'm like, no, but do you understand? Mint has a different fact. And they're like, the cellular structure of cantaloupe? And they're just like, yeah, dude, be quiet. No, um, honored. Uh, yeah, so I mean, cocktails, but the co from the consumer aspect, what were you saying? I'm sorry. Just, you know, it's such an intimidating world. You know, for an average consumer that is even somewhat versed in craft cocktails, quote unquote. What you describe is 
this lifelong intense connection you have with all these ingredients and the balancing act and everything that kind of fuses together in your mind's eye. But for an average person, it's, it's confusing, but fascinating. So how do you like hold a hand? How do you not help them navigate that world? Stay, stay, begin with what's comfortable. I'm sure everybody likes strawberries. I'm sure everybody likes basil. So start with learning, creating a balance of your strawberry basil cocktails. Is this best with gin? Is this best with tequila? Is this best with whiskey? Like take the thing you're familiar with, get comfortable with it, get agile with it, and then slowly start to expand. Because you're gonna pick a weird ass tequila and be like, well, I don't think it goes good with strawberry basil, but you know what I think it would go good with is black pepper. And these are all just home ingredients. That's why the cocktail class is, I think, having so much traction and taking off the way it is. It's like, you know, it's literally my palate, your hands. Yes, so let's you know talk I mean? about the my palate, your hands, because we're recording in the times of COVID, and that brought about a whole other set of challenges and headaches and heartaches, logistics. Um, everything all of a sudden came to a standstill. Uh, so some people, like yourself, pivoted, and um, you have, as we discussed at length, the extensive creative mind, this wonderful mind of yours, you decided to really bring it to the consumer's doorstep and create that experience it used to do at the bar and get people to participate in, not just an observer, but an active participant, which I think is amazing. Um, and having experienced a class, I can tell you, it's just hands-on as it gets. You're a detailed guy. You did not oh, yeah. anything yeah. flip. I was like on my toes the whole time. It better be the right ice cube um, and, and the right movement of the spoon. I mean, you really coach people in, in very minute detail of what needs to happen to have a product that's to your standard. It was so phenomenal. I'm still reeling from it. So Thank you. One, yes, that no, was great. Number one, it is still available for bookings. I'm not sure by the time it airs what your timeline would you like, what your schedule is going to be like. But as we sit here today, you guys can reach out to Christopher at book a cocktail class, correct? Yeah, please. Yeah, Christopher at kfigo.com. That's my email. Yes. And the technical level, I mean, what you're getting in your home as an expertise, I mean, is as good as it gets. So like having Thomas Keller in your bloody kitchen. <laughs> no, not that. Not, geez, oh, no way. yes. But, I, I can say that responsibly. That's how it landed on me. Um, well, I'll tell you a few things. Or rather, I'd like to share with you a few things about the class. Is that, number one, uh, yes, it is the time of COVID. Love in the time of poppy cholera. And um, people who are active need projects to feel a sense of presence, probably maybe a sense of accomplishment, perhaps I'm not exactly yeah. sure, but they need to feel like they're doing something themselves. Yeah. So I didn't want to do a cocktail class that was like, watch me make a cocktail. Like I've been making cocktails for almost 20 years. Like I'm not, you don't want to see me make a cocktail. I want to see you make a cocktail. Right. And so, um, the, the ideology automatically gets inversed and then, um, then I treat you as if you are a bartender on my team. And I'm like, listen, we're going to do this. And we're going to do it tightly. And we're going to do it tightly two times. And we're going to learn how. And we're going to find commonalities. And we're going to create these balances. Um, so, you know, 
number one, I think it's really important that people were able to do something with their own hands instead of mimicking something. The, the, the first thing you want to not do, rather, yeah, the first thing you don't want to do is take away a sense, uh, a person's sense of autonomy, right? They're in their own kitchen. Like, I ain't going to tell you to do me. Like, I'm doing me in my own kitchen. The last thing I want is somebody to be outside of my kitchen to tell me what to do in my kitchen, right? So, so it's your kitchen. It's your glassware. It's your tools. It's your ingredients. This is stuff you think you like. And I'm like, okay, all right, cool. Let's do that. So, you know, the whole class is set up to where, you know, you send me pictures and we start to communicate about four days before about what's going on. And once we connect and once you commit to the class, I'm with you. Like, you need to go buy ice. You need to get lemons. Text me. I'm with you. Send pictures. I'm with you. Bargain, bargain whiskey. I'm with you. Like, we're, we're, we're in this until the class is over. You know what I mean? Because that's how much time and attention it takes to do this in real life. Right. I don't want to give you fucking weird little simple tricks that make you believe you did something really dope. That isn't dope. Like it takes this much effort. It takes this much time. It takes this much care, you know, and, uh, and energy like to make something really amazing. And as soon as we start to create that understanding together and you realize that I'm with you step by step, um, we create a camaraderie and when we create a camaraderie, we create a fluidity and when we create fluidity, we create art. Right. And so that's a really fun thing to do. Um, so the class goes like that and you send me pictures and then uh, we coordinate a time on FaceTime or Zoom or whatever. And then uh, I send you a message about an hour before class and I'm like, um, greetings, uh, future master cocktail maker. It's time, it's time. So, you know, let's start gathering our materials. Let's start creating our mise. And let's make sure our ice is frozen. Let's make sure our mint looks good. Whatever it is we're dealing with. Um, you got an apron, put it on. Preparation is everything. And I treated it as if it was an hour before service at my own bar, right? And uh, and you're you're my bar team now. And so um, I'm gonna go in. I'm gonna taste. I'm gonna taste your lemon juice. I'm gonna taste your if you have pe whatever your organic peaches, whatever your organic ingredients are. I'm gonna check all the levels of that because philosophically and ideally speaking, we're gonna get into balances, right? And so and then about a half hour before class starts, I send them a message and I'm saying, uh, now that our materials are gathered. Uh, let's start setting the atmospheres if you're at one of my bars. And obviously I have a long history with music and uh, I created a, a, a fun, a cool little playlist that allows me to be, that allows me to concentrate and also experience like little bursts of energy. You know what I mean? Um, and that to me is, uh, you know, a metaphor, a physical or audible metaphor of making a cocktail in the physical sense. Right. And so, um, so that happens. And then, uh, and then about, Half an hour after that, I jump off screen. We do a checklist of everything we say we have, and we start making cocktails. Then we start getting to the philosophy of uh, balance, layers, tension, structure. And I mean, you want to, and, and, and the thing is, all the recipes and all the ingredients are yours. They're all yours. Like, they're not my cocktail anymore. They're your cocktail because it's on what you have at your house, right? And it's what you have according to your flavor profiles, things you like, right? And then, you know, on top of that, COVID put us all in some pretty interesting situations. So, I don't charge a price, you know, it's all donation based, whatever you, whatever you're able to do or not do, it's totally fine. If you can't do anything, that's fine too. You know what I mean? Um, but the whole idea is just to make it approachable and accessible and to have money be the least motivator because it doesn't motivate me when I'm doing my thing, you know what I mean? And so I wanted to make sure anybody who had the just interest in um, making cocktails together, the door is open, you know what I mean? So that was really important. I think it's, I, I'm struggling 
for the correct word. I was going to say extraordinary, but really it's not an adequate way to describe it because it is such an intimate experience. And to me, like a live boat moment was when we were shaking the cocktail together and you said, I'll do it with you. And you literally mimicked the motion. You were counting how many times I was stirring the cocktail and the shaker. You were present at, in every moment without fail. Yep. And I've just never experienced anything like this. I've taken cooking classes before and I've done a couple of mixology classes. It's nothing like it. It's so unique and you are so involved in it that you almost become like joined at the hip. I mean, we're, yeah, I mean, we're, we're in this together. Yeah. Just as if we were in service, we're in this together, man. We gotta, we gotta do it. And I want the best possible outcome and I want to, you know, help share with you skills. I did an interview uh, a few days ago and I was talking about some of my secret ingredients and the guy was like, rather the interviewer was like, uh, don't you feel like giving away your secret ingredients like somebody is gonna you know figure this out i'm like dude the point of creating uh experiences and knowledges and solutions and keys is to share them it's an insecure mind state that makes you feel like you need to hoard it for yourself because that also means you're fear you're fearing growth right give it away so you make more room to grow I'm like yes these are my tricks and these are my secrets have some have some have some i got other shit i gotta go experience i got other stuff i gotta go explore you know what i mean because by the time you get to that, I'm already, I'm going next. Like, let's go next. You know what I mean? So the point, the whole point is to share. That is such a powerful comment you just made. I just want to highlight it. You've heard the expression that lifts all boats. Rather than looking for a slice, increase the size of the pie. Those are all truths, universal truths. What you just described, rather than being territorial and holding on to your little, you know, domain, share it freely and you yeah. will liberate you and it will connect you so much more i think those are the type of values that again i can't get enough because they're so not just healthy but they're so productive i mean you get so much more done when you have this mindset um i just i hope you guys realize that you know from the just the philosophical point of view this is the kind of things that we need to think about every day it's not just you know Friday night conversation. It really is about life and what we should practice. It's not just, you know, cliches or, you know, nice words. You live it. You live those principles and you practice them with me in my kitchen. Yeah, they're real. I mean, they're, you know, um, you know, my mentor, John Rosewald, I would always, I, w I was young and I was you know, very, I'm still young. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, but, and so I'm like, I was eager rather. I was more eager. And I was like, John, John, what are, you, what, are you, what are you writing? What are you doing? What are you working on? And he's like, I'm just, I'm just collecting life. I'm just reading. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, but, but, but what are you writing? You're like, a, you're a master poet. You've done all these crazy things. Yeah. And he's like, I'm just collecting. You know what I mean? Then when it comes time to share, I'll share. And I understand that now. I didn't understand that. Then. You know what I mean? And the whole point is to share. Collect, collect, collect. Then share. And then you're open again. And when you're open again, it's all new again. And if it's all new again, you're inspired. And when you're inspired, it's all free. What a beautiful reservoir that's ever, you know, replenishing. I think that's just, you know, that's poetry right there. So, first of all, I want to say that hopefully you'll be offering the cocktail classes um, moving forward, even if you go back behind the bar at Kefiko, uh, maybe not as frequently, but if you guys have an opportunity to tap into this wisdom and goodwill and just this extraordinarily <laughs> skill level, I, I will never forget it. It literally changed my life. I will 
I thought I knew a little bit about craft cocktails just because I've been drinking them for years. I will never look at another cocktail the same. You oh, wow. That. That's crazy. No, it's yeah, the, the, yeah, I mean, you know, if you want to get technical about cocktails, I'm happy to do that. I guess I just, I guess it's just something so it's definitely obligatory to your skill set when you make cocktails. I guess I just I make it a priority when I need to learn something new, but I don't make it a priority when I'm just practicing crafts. Maybe that's not true. I'm not sure. I don't know where technicality I don't know how to prioritize technicality. I don't. But I know it's necessary. Yes. No, I mean, I'm sure you're so practiced and so disciplined and so detail-oriented that to you it becomes second nature, but when you become aware of it, when you're you know, teaching somebody else and on the receiving end, paying this close attention to things that I would have never really thought about, you know, when you told me, hey, this mint has to be, it has to be a perfect, you know, a perfect piece of mint. It can't just be like anything that you pull out of a bunch. Right. You know, it made me realize this is important. The integrity yeah. of that piece of the cocktail is as important as the spirit that goes into it, isn't it? Yeah. You know, you know, when I write my menus, the spirit is the thing I list last. I list all the relationship ingredients first and the spirit I list last because to me, the spirit is the vehicle in which to um, get the flavors of the ingredients across. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it isn't like, oh, gin first, vodka first. It's like, nah, yeah, yeah, we'll get to that. But look, this has kumquats, and it has mint, and it has salt, and it has capoletti, and it has all these other crazy cool little things. Oh, yeah, yeah, there's also gin in it. I forgot. You know what I mean? And it's so funny. I've had people ask me questions about cocktails, and I accidentally just leave the spirit out because I'm not even thinking about <laughs> it. I'm just like, this man is crazy. I love lemon verbena and coconut. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Oh my God, I'm, I'm thirsty now. As you're yeah. listing those ingredients, it just sounds so amazing. Um, what are some of, you know, most exotic things that you worked with that were kind of mind-bending? You know, uh, there's probably some pretty crazy stuff. Like, give me a second to think about it. In the meantime, I'll share this with you. Uh, my whole, I feel like a lot of the bar community took exotic ingredients and over fetishized them and got really weird. And you're like, I don't need a golden beet root uh, poblano pepper cocktail. Like, it's just crazy. Like, <laughs> like, like, take it easy, dude. Like, uh -huh. to me, the best thing to do is reinterpret what's familiar. Okay. You know what I mean? Take what's familiar because everybody loves things that are familiar to them and just give them, you know, give them, give them a different costume, give them a different identity. You know, I think that's important. Um, but I probably worked some crazy stuff. Um, oh, man. I don't even know. Parsnip. Spot. What? Yeah, parsnip is up there. There's a really great relationship between parsnip and Angostura bitters. So cool. Parsnip, Angostura bitters, salt, lime, Spanish brandy. Yeah, that was it. No, salt, lemon, Spanish brandy. Yeah, yeah. Um, wow. Parsnip is up there. I don't know. Crazy stuff. Dragon fruit. Yeah. Um, figs, tamarindo, um, I guess tamarindo is not really, maybe it is to some people. Um, what else? Give me stuff. I don't know. Believe me, I've touched a lot of fruits and vegetables. I have uh, a feeling that the, it's much easier for you to think of what you haven't worked with than yeah. a lot of your list that we have. So is there a cocktail book in the future? 
Is that happening? As um, you know, I mean, uh, hopefully. I'm trying to work on it. I've definitely been keeping a journal of uh, my Corona Days cocktails. And, uh, you know, maybe it's something we can work on together. Who knows? I'm down. I definitely, I definitely don't want it to be a recipe book. Yes. You know no, what I mean? I, I want to I talk about stuff. And then at the end of the chapter, we have like two recipes or something. You know what I mean? I don't see you writing a recipe book, but I do see you writing a book. Because you've already written one. It's just not in a physical format. But everything we heard today is, in fact, a story, i.e. a book. Um, yeah. How do you see things, um, you know, happening post-COVID? I mean, not just in terms of physical space. We all know six feet, da-da-da. But it's changed us as a society, right? All of a sudden, we became a lot more vulnerable, which is something you highlighted. Um, I think we, I've been thinking a lot about this, so I'm going to stop. The conclusion of this interview can be found in the next podcast, already available for your download. Thanks again for tuning in to the official podcast of Pal Exposure, featuring Alona Thompson.